Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another adventure, another voyage on These Are the Voyages. I'm the fleet captain, question mark, and joining me is my intrepid first officer, Commander Eric. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing really good. Really good. Really good? Really good. Nice. Nice. What? What's been going on so really good that's made you feel really good? God, I'm just, I'm just, I'm enjoying the last bit of my summer here. You know, mm. I got to go back to work. Oh, oh. I know, right? Like, I know. I mean, I had a good break. I could have used it probably more efficiently, but I, I sat around a lot, just rested. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> no self-actualization going on on my break there we go that's that's <laughs> totally fine totally fine <laughs> oh lordy oh man yeah um the, the summer is is ending very quickly for um for myself as well um i mean we're about to i mean like you about to be getting back into like proper school year stuff all over again and that means faculty workshops i'm sure that you're going to have something to that effect coming up pretty quick too and yep. then starts starts tomorrow for me oh gross i still got like a month but still oh, man yeah lucky uh maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe Anyway, well, I know it wasn't uh, too terribly long ago that, you know, we did um, like some episode recap stuff. So um, I'm sure nothing too dire um, has really changed since the last time we really chit chatted about some stuff. But um, yeah, um, I say if you're up for it, we can just go ahead and start dive right into uh, content for today. What do you say? Yeah, I'm excited to get to this one. I know you are. Okay, so... Um, all you out there in listener land, um, I, I just want to bring y'all up to speed on this, okay? So, um, eons ago, um, in a different quadrant, um, uh, Commander Eric and I had this harebrained idea that we were going to go through uh, each, like, uh, character um, of each rank, basically, and kind of do, like, these definitive lists, basically. And it all started with Picard back when Picard season one was about to premiere basically. So we started with Picard. We did like a best of Picard is like a primer type of thing for people that might be, you know, entering Star Trek for the very first time. And it was when the show was very, very uh, young also. Um, at least pretty, pretty young by that point, I want to say. I, it hadn't premiered yet. There we go. So there we go. Uh, our, I mean, I'm talking about like this show. Oh, oh the podcast. The podcast. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, we did that. We got through all the captains. Um, I want to say that was like back into the fall, fall of 22. We finished all the captains. And I want to yeah. say I think early we finished 23, with... we started off with uh, Riker, if I'm not mistaken. Coincidentally, also in conjunction with Picard season three, since it was going to be like next gen focus. And there was also going to be a lot of like... Um, like Riker focus in the season as we were, you know, led to believe um, based on trailers and stuff. So we're continuing that journey uh, once again. Um, and this time we are going into uh, many people's 
uh, favorite iteration of Star Trek. We're going into Deep Space Nine. We're going to talk about um, Kira Nerys in this episode of the podcast. And Eric, I know you have been clamoring to talk about Kira for a hot second now. Well, I, I was like, here's what I'll say. Like, Star Trek has a lot of great, uh, like, female characters. And I, I hate that we have to, like, qualify that with female characters. Because Star sure. Trek just has a lot of great characters, period. But, I mean, when you look at, like, if you trace the history and you say, okay, in the original series, you basically, you've got Uhura, right? Right. And as as revolutionary of a character, as, as important, I would say, like, Uhura is more of, an, like, an important character than she is, like, a big character. Because... You know, she was a woman, she was black, she was an officer, she wasn't, like, a servant. But, like, there was really no... And she was on the bridge, she was part of the bridge crew. But there really wasn't a lot of story around Uhura, right? Mm-hmm. There was... The, the, the Star Trek was different back then. It was it was Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and the whole, basically the whole story revolved around the three of them. We didn't get our other characters with their their episodes. Yeah. Right. And then you get to the next generation and you know, you've got your two female, you, you got Tasha Yar who they kill off very early. Right. Um, but then, you know, your other two female characters, counselor Troy and Dr. Crusher, they have storylines, but they're, they're like, they're the nurturing characters, right? They, they nurture, they, they help people out. Right. Yeah. They're not, they're not feisty. Right. Maybe. I don't know mm-hmm. if, people disagree with that or not but then you get to deep space nine and here you get you get this feisty tough woman right yeah and she's just so different than the female characters we've seen on our main on our main star trek before right and i know it took it from you know I, i wasn't watching it back at the time to see the to know the reaction at the time but you look back and you read it kind of a little put people off from from the things that i've read about sure sure right but you know i mean i would argue i i know like i would argue that she this kira reese is the the best female character star trek has ever had right i know a lot of people who kind of push back on that and they're like janeway or seven of nine or something or even like jadzia from from like the the same show um, I but like Jedzia. i love i love jedzia too right but i mean i will i will be the kira Norris stan right okay. and say that right. best female character star trek's ever created right okay. and i hate the fact that i have to use female because she's just one of the best characters period sure and i would say without kira Norris, i don't think there's a michael burnham mm, okay Right. Okay. I, don't, I mean, I don't. If we don't have Kira Norris, I don't think we get a Michael Burnham character. So, are you saying that uh, Kira walks so Michael could run? Yes, but I don't okay. think Kira walked anywhere. She 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 ran too. She power she power walked. If anything, <laughs> she did. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Yeah. Um, I mean, I know you have like so much love and affection for for uh, Kira that um, you have actually one of your fur babies uh, named after her, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, my cat's name is Kira, right? Named yep. after Major yep. Kira. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's tough and feisty, my oh. cat, too. Yeah. I, I joke with people <laughs> and maybe like some like cat lovers and cat owners out there, or not cat owners, there's no one that owns a cat. It's a it's a servant, a cat servant, actually. Um, that, you know, when God was creating cats, he was like, you know what? Let's give, let's, let's, you know, throw in like a nice furry pillow and let's give them razor blades. See yeah, happens. I've heard that joke before, right? Let's put razor blades on all of its hands. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna get right into it because I know um, Eric has potentially <laughs> a, a long list on his end, and we'll see what happens. But the way that this works again, if this is your first time listing one of these, you know, definitive lists best of list, whatever we end up calling this dang thing. I think we've been using definitive um, through this whole series or whatever. But if this is your first time, what we do is uh, we we kind of, we do our best to identify, you know, what are like the essential um, X number of episodes to watch. Like if you really had to like really parse it down, really filter it down, what would be like the episodes to to do? like to watch just to get like the best idea start to finish basically of this character and uh, i mean you're talking seven seasons like uh, almost 200 episodes so it's it's a little it's a lot to to bring it down to about a dozen some odd episodes give or take um so bear with us as we do this but like all all these eric and i have not conferred on what episodes are on each other's list we never do that so we're just as surprised um whenever we hear this stuff and uh, there might be overlap there usually is overlap because him and i kind of have like a collective kind of brain when it comes to that kind of stuff but we like i said we surprise each other so um um it's okay if your list differs from ours but this is just kind of like what we're thinking again we're kind of thinking of like the neophyte like the person who's just coming into trek maybe they're just thinking about deep space nine they like heard about this kira character like what's this person all about this is what we're hoping you'll consider in checking out just to get an idea of who this character is so okay and before we get into episodes here here, here's some things that i just want you to be aware of as as we go as i build my list as hopefully as chase builds his list some things you need to know about kira narice she is a patriot she loves bajor right she is hardcore like i love bajor she's playing that bajor flag and nothing can ever no one will ever come before bajor for her Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. and the second thing is she is deeply religious like she she's serves the will of the prophets she believes in them wholeheartedly and and nothing her faith will never waver mm-hmm. okay. and i think those two things are important to consider as we go through this list yeah and and she was born in a labor camp right when beja was occupied by the cardassians so that idea of like basically were you born in a concentration camp? Like, think about mm-hmm. how that would influence someone growing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the faith part might come up for me maybe once or twice. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. 
yes. Um, another thing I want to add is that there was um, um, another Bajoran character. Uh, this, like, like Eric was saying, like this um, character is from Bajor, so they're Bajoran. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know that, but and uh, originally, when Deep Space Nine was being conceived, they originally had a different Bajoran character in mind for the Kira esque part, and that was uh, Michelle Forbes uh, Rolaren, uh, which we met um, in Next Generation with episodes like Ensign Row, for instance. Um, and Michelle Forbes, um, long story short, just wasn't too interested. Uh, for reasons, and uh, that's why they ended up going with Nana Visitor, um, and that's why we have Kira, Kira Norris now. So there we go. So um, we have enough, um, I guess, backstory or just you know preamble to maybe get us going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Eric, I hope you're proud of me. Okay, because I am not going to do what I normally do in terms of the first episode. Because oh, I feel really? like it just it goes without saying. I mean, I kind of thought you were going to do it. I mean, Emissary, I think, is kind of like, you just, it's there. Like, you got to watch it because it's like the start of the show. But, like, I just kind of left that out because I know, like, we go back and forth of like, yeah, well, this is the first episode. I don't really count it. We've gone back and forth on that. So I left that off my list. <clears throat> okay. It's not on my list because I kind of figured you were going to put it on there. <laughs> <clears throat> but, but, you my, know, I, I always do... like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, you. I was going to say, but I do definitely have some very early season one stuff um, on my okay. list. Me too. And I was just as we go through these, I like to pull some quotes, and I know Chase kind of does too, from like some of the key moments of these episodes. And it's an it's an honorable mention, but we'll just start it off with emissary, right? And and Kira is talking to Cisco, and they're like, you know, Quark's laying odds that your government's gonna fail. Quark knows a good bet when you see one. This government's gonna be gone in a week, and so will you. And it's like, what happens to Bajor then? She's like, civil war. So, like, she already, at the beginning, she does not have, like, um, a good opinion of Starfleet, right? And that's just, like, mm -hmm. known right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um... So... All right, honorable mention. You didn't, but I was kind of that such thought. I figured you would because you usually you do put the first episode on there. I do. I do believe that one hundred percent. You have to watch the 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 pilot, the first episode, and of course the uh, um, series finale. I mean, you got to know how the story ends so that you can really appreciate how it ends. Um, but yeah, that was. I just figured it was it was there. It was like kind of obvious, but. Um, again, uh, very early season one episode, and it's season one episode uh, three, past prologue. Was that on your list at all? Okay, so this is a, this actually is the first episode on my list, and I'm pleasantly surprised that you actually have it on your list because I wasn't expecting you to. Ah, 
And and is it episode <laughs> two? Is it episode two or is it episode three? Because I've got it as episode two, because I'm just thinking of emissary as episode one. That's the thing, like man, it, it's it's weird, like how they like number these things. But you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. It, episode three. I mean, because like let's just say like you know, emissary was like a two-parter. So like production mm-hmm. one zero, one and two or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's know, the like first Netflix episode and the Paramount and all that. They number it weird. It's the first episode after the pilot. Let's just call it that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, take there, me there through, have been there have been, there have been some some tense stuff. There's been the tense stuff, right? Like with, um, like the Federation and Starfleet, you know, kind of taking over this, uh, this station. Um, because it's in part we're trying to um, kind of play a role in like buddying up to the Bajorans more or less and uh, there are some people that just aren't too keen too crazy about like the Federation and Starfleet and that whole family of stuff being involved especially with this like stable wormhole uh, which is what's like so it's pretty central to the story um, of of Deep Space Nine. It's a stable wormhole that connects the Alpha Quadrant and the Gamma Quadrant. And the Gamma Quadrant has largely been unexplored up to this point. And um, anyway, so there's this um, um, this tug of war that Kira still finds herself in, in a sense, because she's been fighting for so long as a resistance fighter against the Cardassians and those that would try and come against Bajor that now she's on a different side where she has to, she's still, she's walking this line. She's towing the line between Bajor, but also like this um, new relationship with like Cisco and company, you know, with Starfleet. Um, and so like, there's that dynamic. And also like this idea of like, this person's like trying to like, you know, bring her back to like the Bajor resistance stuff by potentially like trying to destroy or destroy air quotes, whatever, um, the stable wormhole. So it's this, it's this dynamic, right? Like this, this tug of war that you really see. It's very visceral, very fresh for her, especially in in the early days of Deep Space Nine, where she's not as um, um, tempered in the sense of like finding her footing um in both those worlds so like that's that's why i really appreciate it. you really see how raw she is before she really evens out um as the series goes on what are your thoughts yeah on? and and so the, like you know bajor has fought to overthrow the the cardassians and you know governing once you overcome your oppressor isn't is never as easy as like throwing away your oppressor and and not everybody has the same idea of how you should be governed and how you should rule once you're free. Um, and so you see these splinter groups that they don't want to welcome in the Federation. They don't want the wormhole here. They want Bajor for Bajorans, right? And so, you know, she this, this freedom fighter, right? Terrorist, whatever you want to call him from a splinter group who hasn't fallen in line. 
<clears throat> and you really see Kira wants to bring him in line. And she's she's talking with Cisco, and she's like, "My priorities are straight, Commander. Let's not be confused here. My loyalties are to Bajor, and Bajor needs men like Tanalos. If Bajor is ever able to build a strong, independent society, it will require the repatriation of Splinter groups, and we have an opportunity here. I hope you don't miss it." But then at the end, you know, she sees the tactics that this Tana Lois character is going to use. And she's like, the old ways don't work anymore. Things are different. I had to stop you from doing what you do. Hopefully you'll understand. And he just calls her a traitor. And it's like, whew. Yeah. But like, yeah, she's like, I want to bring this man in, but things have to change. You can't just keep being this this fringe character we're going to successfully rule Bajor mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. fall into a civil war yeah Man. yeah it's a good it's a really good episode I, it kind of flies under the radar and I'm I'm really I'm really happy that you you picked this episode yeah man yeah I, I gotta surprise you every now and again you know what I'm saying I know <laughs> um uh I'm gonna let me just go ahead and um, knock out like one more. Um, this might, I don't know. Again, I don't know what's on your list. I know you have a lot on your list, uh, but this might um, skip past some for you, depending. Um, come here, list. There we go. Um, this is one that one episode. It's still in season one that I really enjoy. I know I give um, prior to fully watching Deep Space Nine all the way through. Um, Deep Space Nine was like Deep Sleep Nine for me. It was just it bored the crap out of me for the longest time. But then I just fell in love with the show. Uh, it's it's a great show. Um, and this is one of the more memorable ones for me. Uh, for some reason, and it's not the hopscotch one. Don't worry. It's not. We're not doing hopscotch. Um, but progress. The episode progress. Was this on your list? It, it's on my like honorable mention. You know, I had 23 episodes and didn't crack the top 10, but it's on those honorable mentions. Okay. And see, this is the reason it's on mine is because like we were just talking about with past prologue, we're, we're, I feel like early Kira, we're, we're doing like this character study of role reversal. You know, like for so long, like like you're saying, like she was like this this patriot, this freedom fighter for Bajor, basically, and where she has been pushing back, pushing back, pushing back against Cardassians um, that have you know um, infringed upon like their liberties and their their way of society and you know things of that nature, and it was her tenacity, um, her her even being stubborn with things to a certain extent that kept her alive. And I think it's that very same idea where just like you're having this role reversal where you're going from having to fight the man to now you are the man basically, um, that now she's on the other side of that trying to get this one dude, this farmer to leave. And he is doing the ex essentially the same stuff that she was doing to Cardassians. And you see her doing her level best to get him out of there. And she's just failing and failing and failing. And that's partly why I chose it. Like, I think it's a good um, 
kind of philosophical, almost like morality type of episode. But I really like the juxtaposition and how it like just really flips her experiences on its head from going from, again, freedom fighter to the man, basically. Yeah, yeah. And like you can tell that she sympathizes with this this guy who just won't leave. She right. Does. But like and she's trying to convince him like this is for the greater good of all Bajor. He's like, but it's not for the greater good of me right it's like moving me it's like the imminent domain argument um yep. but yeah there's this conversation she has with cisco and he's like look i understand you're used to sympathizing with the underdog you spent your whole life fighting to overcome impossible odds just like he's doing but you have to realize something now major you're on the other side pretty uncomfortable isn't it she's like it's awful Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know, she chooses the good of Bajor over everything. But you know, you yep. can tell she's really struggling with it the entire time. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I'll um, I'll pump the brakes on my list for right now. I know you probably got a few you want to list off. Okay, I think the ne- I think you know we're moving through season one. I think we're the next one is probably the same on both of our lists. And this is quite possible. It, I, this is well, was, okay. Next one on my list. It's quite possibly uh, one of the best episodes um, of the entire show of, of entire D. Probably the best episodes of Star Trek in general. And it happens in season one of Deep Space Nine, and it is called Duet. Yep, that was mine also, baby. Yeah, this. I mean, you talk about just one heck of an episode right and it's in there in season one and it is Kieran Reese like pretty much at her finest so basically what happens here is this Cardassian comes to the station and he he has a disease and the only known way that people got this disease is if they were at this one specific labor camp Right, and because he has it, that that's proof that he was there. And you know, if he was one of those people there, then he's guilty, and he he needs to be punished. And Kira wants to make sure he's punished. And we, he, this man claims to be Goldarheel, the guy who was in charge of the labor camp. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, if this is really Goldarheel. Ooh, do, do the the Bajorans want him to pay? <clears throat> and Kira wants him to pay. And sh- and you know she and eventually we learn this is not Goldar heel. This is just mm-hmm. some low level filing clerk, right? Yep. <clears throat> and and she has this great conversation with Jedzia here. Kira's like, Maritza says, I don't care about the truth, that all I want is vengeance. And Jet and Dax goes, are you worried that maybe he's right? Kira's like, all I want is to see him punished. She's like, even if he is just a file clerk? She's like, that's just it. I don't want him to be a file clerk. I want him to be something worse. She's like, you want him to be guilty. As far as I'm concerned, if he was at Galatep, he is guilty. They're all guilty. His punishment will let Bajor feel some satisfaction. And Dax counters with, sounds like you're trying too hard to believe what you're saying. 
you already know if you punish him without reason, it won't mean anything. And you already know vengeance isn't enough. And like, this is Kira. She's, she's like, she has to come to terms with her own racism. It's essentially, it's about racism here. Like the Cardassians hurt them. She hates them. She hates Cardassians just for being Cardassians. It doesn't matter who she is. If she can just punish Cardassians, that's all she wants. And she just wants to hate them. But, but you can't hate all of them, right? They're, not all of them are guilty of the, the the atrocities that happened during the occupation. And right. she has to come to terms with her own racism here. And I think mm-hmm. by the end of the episode, she does, right? When somebody stabs this guy and, and she's like, why did you do that? He's like, he's a Cardassian. That's the only reason I need. And she's like, no, no, it's not. That's not enough reason to kill him, to punish him. And it's just really powerful stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it, I mean, it's just, it's a great episode of Star Trek, period. Great episode of television, period. It is. And you can really <laughs> feel the, um, the tension, the weightiness of it. Um, I think more so than, um, some of the episodes. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There's like some, there's some doozies, um, in the, in the run of D- DS9, but this is like, top shelf DS9 especially for season 1 and, and that's not to disparage like the early seasons like this is this is a gem in in the early days um, of, of this of this show so um, I know I did two and that was actually my third one um, what's what's your next one dude hey, well I'm moving into season 2 and and this is where like I want to talk about like she she's a patriot. She loves Cardassia. She loves Cardassia. She hates Cardassia. She hates Cardassians. She loves Bajor. And during the occupation, there were collaborators, right? People who Bajorans who worked with the Cardassians. And in her mind, collaborators, they all need to they all need to die. Like in her opinion, like she would kill every single collaborator if she could at least that's the way she feels early on. Mm-hmm. And so my next episode, it's not necessarily a Kira episode. It's an Odo episode. But I think it's important to understanding, like, Kira as a person. And that's the episode Necessary Evil, Season 2, Episode 8. Okay. Right. That's the next episode on my list. That wasn't on my list. <laughs> okay. So basically we get, like, a... It's like a flashback to when uh, Odo became the head of security on Terraknor during the Cardassian occupation. And he's been tasked with um, by Goldukat, who's in charge of of Terraknor, in charge of the occupation, with finding out who killed this Bajoran on the, on the station. And eventually this this leads him to, to meeting Kira. And... Um, he starts to suspect that Kira um, is maybe guilty of killing this person, right? But he doesn't have a motive. He can't figure out a motive of why this shopkeeper was killed. And eventually, um, you know, he doesn't solve the crime. He never solves the crime, right? He, Kira basically convinces him, hey, it wasn't me. 
I'm, I'm working for the resistance, but that night I was somewhere, I was sabotaging, I was committing a crime somewhere else on the station. I, I'm, don't, don't, I wasn't murdering anybody. I was, I was doing some other crime over there. <laughs> That's her defense. I was blowing up some mining equipments to give some That's workers right. a rest. <laughs> and then eventually we learn in the future that Kira actually did kill this. She actually was guilty of murdering this Bajoran shopkeeper. And she was able to like pull the wool over Odo's eyes. And like, I think this really gets to the heart of like, she's a love. There's this recurring theme of collaborators throughout the show, right? There's even an episode called the collaborator later on. And she wants to punish collaborators. Mm. And, um, and that was her mission you know, as a resistance is to kill this collaborator and the okay. fact that yeah. she was able to like get away with it. And, and, and Odo's like, and she's like, Odo, you were working for the Cardassians. You, you chose their side. It was like, I didn't choose sides. And he's like, everybody had to choose a side. And then at the end, you know, they have this conversation. Odo's like, I misjudged you. You're a far better liar than I give you credit for. And it's like, she's like, you were working for the Cardassians. I couldn't tell you. And he's like, I haven't been working for them for more than a year. You could have told me the truth. And she's like, I tried to tell you the truth a hundred times. But what I think matters to me is that I was afraid, afraid that it might affect our friendship. And she goes, yeah, it's like, maybe it doesn't have to. And she's like, will you ever be able to trust me in the same way? And I think that's just a great character moment for understanding her her yeah. mentality. And I also think it goes to the relationship that's going to build between Kira and Odo over the course of the show. So while this is 100%. more of an Odo-centric episode, I think it's important to understanding her as a character. Yeah, and it's just I think a great you make episode. a good point. I mean, it, yeah. And like I said, I think you make, make a good point. I mean relationships as we know um really um are, are foundational when it comes to um to star trek especially amongst like ensemble casts you know like we have like especially of this era um like just how well the characters work together and feed off of each other um you you really have like a wonderful dynamic uh that's that's taking place and that's unfolding you know across the seven seasons of the show especially especially with Odo and Kira uh, by the end mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Okay. I want to go ahead and get like another one of mine um, out of the way. Um, I might be jumping ahead. I don't know how much farther ahead I'm jumping from your list, but um, this kind of plays off of what um, you were, were essentially highlighting with Duet. Um, and it's in mine's in season three. Um, so season three, episode five, question mark, second skin. Okay. Okay. I thought about putting that one on here, but I, it was like, it's like right off my, my list on my honorable mentions, but it's like right off my list. Okay. I think like this one, like we were talking about, like with the, the racism, you know, um, uh, just the just all that like we were talking about like with duet and just like you know really lumping all the Cardassians um, in the way that they were you know in terms of how things are framed out um, I think you really get more building off of that 
in this in like a different way where um now you have kira who is now embodying quite literally embodying like the 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 visage of of a cardassian she now looks like a cardassian a female cardassian um so she's she's looking at herself now and there's all that there's like some undercover not really undercover but there's like some like sinister like cloak and dagger smoke and mirror type stuff that's taking place to try and uh, um what is it like um uh, exploit someone else essentially i think is like really what it boils down to if i'm remembering it correctly but like just the fact that you have kira who is she's growing by the way but she still has like all this baggage all this history of like the cardassians and what the cardassians did to, to her people and now here she is actually looking like them and having to come to terms with this stuff for you know waking up like this essentially I think is is a fun dynamic just to see where she came with like being like rough around the edges and beginning of season one to now really beginning of season three and there's been some smoothing out I think it's it's still rough but it's it's just a fun I think character study that's still taking place with this part of her life Mm-hmm. And and I, I would agree with everything like that. And then there's even a like a, a sequel episode to this one to Second Skin in season five, where that um, they were trying to convince her that she was some Cardassian's daughter of some Legate, mm-hmm. and then that Legate is like in exile, and he comes to like tell her all her secrets, you know, toward mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm still in season two. I'm still in season two sure. um, for my next one. And uh, I, I, I guess I'm going to hit this theme, and that's of Kira versus the collaborators, right? Because the next episode I'm going to pick is from the end of season two, season two, episode 24, called The Collaborator. Okay. <clears throat> and, and there's a lot of reasons why I chose this one. First of all, it starts with this literally this man who he worked for the Cardassian government during the occupation and he he wants to come home he wants to come back to Bajor but like they won't let him right and Kira says <clears throat> um she's like um basically you sign death sentences and and you can't step foot on Bajor because it would dishonor the memory of every person you sentenced to death so that's like the main storyline is is her hatred of these collaborators in this episode, uh, and you know this mm-hmm. one person. There was some declaration um, by the Bajoran Provisional Government, and they had listed they had listed the names of collaborators, and this guy's name was like number four on the list. Um, but that's just like the set the start of this episode, because this guy came home and said. I'm going to expose some other collaborator that happened where like a bunch of Bajoran soldiers, a bunch of Bajoran people were massacred by the Cardassians. And I have, I'm going to give up a name and hopefully by giving up that name, that'll grant me some type of immunity. And he goes to, at this time, Vedic win, right? This, this collaborator goes to Vedic win. He's telling his story to her. And, um, and you like this is uh, like a theme throughout the show is Kira versus you know Win 
right? The two of them don't like each other, right, at all. And this is, like, I think one of the first major episodes that sets up, like, their squabbling between each other because Mm -hmm. Kira is also in love with Vedic Burial, and Burial and Wynn are the two people that are competing to be the next Kai, the spiritual leader. (laughs) And I think... Essentially the Pope. Right, essentially the Pope, yeah. Um, And I think you see the start of this dynamic of of Kira versus Kai Win or Vedic Win at this point and Kira siding with Burial and they they start a relationship a romantic relationship with each other and basically um this man who's coming back home is accusing Burial of being this collaborator that caused the death of all these people and and basically to not let this information come out Burial steps down from his candidacy to be the the Kai or, or the Pope, right? And I think this episode goes a long way to like understanding, <clears throat> right, who Kier is and the relationships that she's building with people. Right, right. And, and I think, um, <sighs> see, I, I debated about like the when and the how to talk about Vedic Burial because I think that that's an important relationship. Uh, for her especially like understanding like her as a person her as like um, you know a very um, faithful follower of the prophets right and her duty to um, just her duty in general as a, as a military leader essentially mm-hmm. um, I what is it it's uh, was it like mid season one we meet Vedic Burial is that right uh, we meet Vedic Bryle and Vedic Win in the same episode. It's the the very end of season one, the last episode. Hands of the Prophets, right? In the Hands of the Prophets, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, um, I, I think I think that's like a, I mean, like if we're doing like especially, I mean, we're not going to, but if we were to do like a Kai Win kind of character study, that would definitely be one of them. Um, but Bryle is is definitely, I think, an important character in terms of like the romantic leads for. Kira, and I'm just going to go ahead and just go there. Um, okay. Again. Um, see, still season three, episode thirteen, life support. Okay. So, um, I'm I'm probably still ahead of of uh, the commander on this one, but you know we we see this romantic stuff going on. Um, between them, um, you know, between that time that Eric was talking about up till now, more or less, like they've been getting pretty close with one another. And this particular episode, season three, thir- um, 13, life support, um, it's it's about Vedic Burial, unfortunately. And he gets into a very, very significant life altering type of accident and um would it be insulting to almost say like this is almost like ds9's almost spock's brain type of thing i I mean i can see i can see that um it's not that like we're putting like a a, like a, a helmet or a visor or something on him and piloting him with a like a radio control or nothing but there's what with what's ha- what happens like um 
he essentially go he essentially becomes like brain dead more or less um and kira is beside herself because this is a man that she loves and wants to be with and help and you know whatnot and um bashir's like i can do this and like kind of keeps him alive but in a weird way um and it doesn't it's not really working out and ultimately we have to say see you later to him and it, it becomes like this very um it, it's a moment of growth again more morality type stuff for kira um and this letting go of like a part of herself in a way um that i think just only helps her grow even more and i mean there, there's certainly more to it but i think because that relationship was so important to her you can't not talk about um you know essential episodes without highlighting i think something like this um in in a character study about kira so w- was this on your list eric this wasn't this was not this wasn't even really on my honorable mentions either wow because i was well because because i had brought the vedic burial into the previous episode sure okay okay well i'll i'll be quiet for now and let the good commander say a few more unless he okay on I'm, one gonna, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna cheat a little bit here right i'm gonna do the when legolas takes down the oliphant and gimli goes that still only counts as one okay <laughs> all right we got a multi-parter serialized story coming up okay so i did this i did this when we did best of cisco um there's there's it's called the emissary trilogy and it's an episode in season three an episode in season four and an episode in season five and i put them together for cisco and said that's one i'm not gonna quite do all of that here i'm only gonna take two of them and put them together and say that counts as one from season three and season four okay and this is it's episode called destiny from season three and episode called a session from season four okay and this make up two parts of the emissary trilogy. Um, And so I said before, like we know that Kira is a very spiritual person. Like she has absolute faith in the prophets Mm -hmm. and, um, and you know, Cisco is the emissary to the prophets and, and there's this, this Vedic that comes and says, Oh, there's this prophecy about the emissary that's about to come true. And and this Vedic comes to Kieran's like you have to convince the emissary to like to believe me when I say we can't do this mission with the Cardassians and he and and she's like you have to understand Commander Cisco is he's my commanding officer like I have to keep some separation between my personal and my professional lives here and this Vedic's like oh so you I understand you do think he is the emissary you just can't admit it to him. And she's like, yeah, that's true. Like he is, I, and then she later has this conversation with Cisco, and he's like, so you do believe I'm the emissary? And she's like, I guess I always have. I never wanted to admit it to myself because it's hard to work for a religious icon. And so this is where you start to see here, like Kira is accepting Cisco as not just her commanding officer, but she's accepting that he is the emissary of the prophets, and that. You know she's gonna follow him, not just. In, um, on she's gonna follow him both ways, right? Follow him, you know, 
to the the military and the political stuff but she's also going to follow him if he says anything religiously or about the right. will of the prophets right and she go she goes a long way to convincing him to convincing cisco that he is the emissary as well in this episode because of this prophecy and she's like well listen you can you can look here's a good ex scientific starfleet explanation for why this prophecy might be good because the wormhole aliens or the prophets they don't exist in linear time and they could have seen into the future and told it to somebody who said it as a prophecy and so she's convincing cisco she's coming to realize i do see cisco as the emissary and i'm gonna start to help him see yeah. that as well yeah and i think that's really important in like in the the character development and the arc of major kira I agreed agreed uh -huh. and then the follow-up episode in season four is called a session right where basically somebody some bajoran comes through the wormhole and he's been like he's a poet from 200 years ago who disappeared and he comes back claiming to be the emissary and uh some and people are like you know, maybe it does make more sense for this guy to be the emissary and and not and not Captain Cisco at this point. And um, so Captain Cisco steps down, and Kira's like, "Okay, this new guy is the emissary." And she has this conversation with Odo, and it's like, "Wait, so was Cisco never the emissary? Like, no, he was. So now this guy's the emissary." It's like, "Yeah," and it was like. You're, seems to be some kind of contradiction and, and Kira's like I don't see it as a contradiction and that's the thing about faith if you don't have it you can't understand it but if you do no explanation is necessary exactly right and so you know if this is the will of the prophets I'm going to follow the will of the prophets and say this mm -hmm. new person is the emissary now and and she's all behind it she's ready to like give up her her, her military career to go and be a a sculptor because that's what this new emissary says she should be doing by returning to their caste system yep. yep right and i think the fact that she's so ready to just accept this new person after she was fighting to convince cisco before and she's willing to follow him to become a, a, a sculptor and give up her it's that's like powerful that she believes in her faith that much yeah and eric um, I didn't have like, you know, the Legolas taking on the Oliphant um, thing like you did, but this episode I did have on my list. Which one? The, the Accession. Accession, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that I think this is just as much a Cisco episode. I can't remember if I had this on my Cisco list or not. It should have been if it wasn't. Um, but because like in that in, like in the the cisco sense like he's like ready to give up and like just be done being being the emissary but like you're like you're saying like we have kira like all along the way you know major kira um you know essentially believing in him and just like you said like she is willing to uh to give all this stuff up to honor her faith to honor her faith walk whatever the heck it means and so it, so not only is it like important for Kira but it's also important for Cisco too because he is seeing 
the the interplay that's taking place between him like wanting to relinquish his role right and the impact that's having on others so it's 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 a i think it's a very lovely one it's a great dynamic um in terms of how it it, it affects all the people but but especially like Kira in this sense um that she was really like you said really willing to just throw everything away walk away to honor the prophets you know and what she interprets you know this spiritual leader um to be speaking to be doing on behalf of the prophets yeah mm-hmm. but also terrifying like caste system ugh. anyway that's just me yeah okay anyway do you have any any more that you want to list off oh uh, well i mean i don't know if you're ready to go into season four if you're still in season three because i still have one more thing from season three uh you can go ahead okay so um so my next episode season three episode 24 and it's titled shakar okay okay so the setup in this episode is now kai win comes to major kira and she says hey we have these industrial like farming machines right that we need to use to get this project underway to help us export and to help the economy of Bajor flourish. But there's this one stubborn dude over here who will not give them up. And he's the leader of your resistance cell, your former resistance cell. So I want you to go talk to him and like, let him just give up, like convince him that this is in the best interest of Bajor. And here's like, Okay, I'll go talk to him. I don't know if I can convince him to like <laughs> do that, but I'll talk to him. And spoiler alert, she doesn't convince him. And she goes back to the Kai and it's like, he's not giving these things up. And so she orders like an arrest warrant, right? Because at this point, Kai Win is not just the spiritual leader, she's going to become the, the actual political leader of Bajor as well. She's going to have this dual role, which is scary to think of somebody being the, the political and the spiritual leader at the same time. Mm-hmm. That scares me a little bit. Um, anyway, so Major Kira is like, I'm pissed at Kai Win. And so <laughs> she's like, she's lied. She's done lied to me for the last time. Ooh. And they take off like they take off running into the hills, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're, they're trying to, I don't, they're about to come to fights. Like Kai Win let this whole thing about like farming equipment, basically almost devolve into a civil war. Right. And, and she, Major Kira has this conversation and she's, and Kai Win's like, this isn't about soil reclamators. This is about the future of our society. When someone like Shakar can defy the law and escape punishment, we descend into chaos and anarchy. This is a test, a test by the prophets. They want to see if I'm worthy of this role, and I will not fail. I will stop Shikar by any means necessary, is what Kaiwin says. <clears throat> and she is like willing to go to war over this. Um, and I think this is important because, again, it continues that role of Kira versus Kaiwin, but 
it also sets up the role of Kira and Shakar, who she becomes romantically involved with, right? Um, and this is the start of their, like, show relationship here. And eventually they they come to an agreement and Shakar is going to run for for um, <clears throat> the first minister to become the, the political leader. And Major Kira, they have this confrontation at the end. She's like, it's a free election. If you want to run, go ahead. But if you do, this entire incident will be made public. And when people know the real facts, that you were going to start a civil war over some farm equipment, they'll never trust you again. So if I were you, I'd start packing. <laughs> and, I, and I just think this is this is absolutely essential to understanding the character arc of of Major Kira here. Yeah. I don't know if this was on your list or not. It was not. It was not. <sighs> okay, I'm about to surprise you with probably my next one. And it might be a groan. I'm not too sure if it'll be a groan or not. Uh, but but we'll see. Um, so we've been talking about um, we've been talking about relationships a lot, <laughs> um, and the, the the interplay. Um, so with this next one, this I don't even know if this was an honorable mention for you, dude. Um. The Darkness and the Light, season five, episode eleven. Okay, uh huh. It's a it's an honorable mention. Yep. Okay. So, um, in real life, uh, Nana visitor uh, got pregnant uh, with her co-star uh, Alexander Sadig, if I'm not mistaken, and they uh, ultimately wrote her pregnancy into the show. Um, in the form of something happening to um, uh, uh, Keiko. Uh, Keiko getting into some kind of um, accident, more or less, while she was pregnant, if I'm not mistaken, and the baby had to be transferred uh, to uh, Kira as like a surrogate during the show. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes, that's what happened. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Um... So, the, this this episode like deals like both with like the pregnancy, um, and it's like just a darker episode, and like dealing like with like former resistance fighters, and gosh, it's it's just it's it's just a darker episode, I think. Um, but I think it really it really brings in like the the pregnancy piece, like her real life pregnancy and the in show explanation for pregnancy um, in terms of what she was willing to do for her, um, um, you know, fellow co not co stars but her, you know her fellow characters with um, Miles and Keiko, um, so that they could have a um, a healthy uh, child eventually. So um, that's part of why I pointed out and just because I think like because of like, again, bringing it back to like, um, like just this weird pregnancy story kind of spin and like making it darker, like talking about like the resistance fighters and, um, you know, seeking them out, confronting them, um, I, I think is is important 
um, I think is important um, to the development. So I don't know any thoughts on that. Well, yeah, I think I think in this episode you see there's some Cardassian who is punishing the resistance fighters for basically collateral damage. Like he's like, I wasn't part of the 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 government. I was just a butler, right? But yet you kill you injured me and you killed people that I cared about. So like you were in the wrong. And I think I think that Kira's kind of like maybe this guy I mean, maybe this guy is kind of right and and I think there is some important things there to understand about her character. Um so yeah, it is an honorable mention for me. It's it's a good episode and it it's 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 important there. Just it could it couldn't quite make my list. Okay. All right. How many um let's just um before we get any further um how many more do you have um to talk through on your list my dude four i have four okay okay wow i was not expecting that we would have the same number at this point that's four. wild to me okay all right Okay, so you went into season five. I'm going to step back into season four. I'm going to step sure. back into season four. And I'm going to pick season four, episode four. Okay. It's called Indiscretion. Mm. Mm. Okay. I thought about and so that the set, one. The setup of this episode is Kira is – she's going looking for um, – she has information. She's going to go look for a uh, – a member of the Bajoran underground resistance that has gone missing, or ship that's gone missing. But before she can go, since it was a Cardassian ship, uh, Cardassia wants to send somebody to help look for it. And they send Gold Ducat, or not Gold Ducat at this point, it's Legget Ducat. He's got the Legget patch on him. Yep. Um, and so you can't talk about Deep Space Nine without talking about Ducat, right? It's just impossible. He's he's, right. he's uh he's he's not he's a major character. Let's just call it like it is. He's in like forty episodes, but he's a major character. You can't you can't not talk about him. And I think <clears throat> there's this if we talk about relationships, you know, Kira and Odo, Kira and Barail, Kira and Shakar, Kira and Kaiwin, Kira and Cisco, right? I think you have to talk about the Kira and the Ducat relationship as well. And I think this is sort of like the first big episode where they interact together, right? She's always tried to like stay away from him because in her mind, he's like the boogeyman, right? Because he was in charge of everything. And so they have to go on this mission together um, <clears throat> to find the Cardassians, find the Bajorans, find this missing ship. And like, there's this line. It's like, hey, there's this funny moment where he like sits on a splinter. And he has to like pull it out of his butt. That's funny. But like, and Ducat's like, you know, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, Major. But I've always admired you. You are the embodiment of the new Bajor, a Bajoran born out of the ashes of the occupation, a Bajoran tempered with Cardassian mm. steel. So he's like, trying to like say, you're you because of me. Like I'm responsible for you and the people like you she's like captain cisco mm -hmm. was right you are in love with the sound of your own voice and ducat's like i know you find this hard to accept 
But in some ways, the occupation helped Bajor. Hmm. <laughs> She's like, whoa. And and then toward the end of this episode, they're like, you know, I believe time will come when Cardassian and Bajor will grow to not only be allies, but close friends. And she's like, Bajor and Cardassia? Maybe. You and me? Mm-hmm. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Right? And I just think mm-hmm. this, is, this is the episode that really sets up this relationship between the two of them because we find Dukat's half, half Cardassian, half Bajoran daughter, right? Who Kira kind of like takes under her wing, right? As like, I'm gonna, I'll protect her and I'll help raise her on, on D Space Nine. And then we see their relationship kind of they get closer actually because of of zial ducat's daughter right and then you know things turn to crap later on but i think Naturally. i think this is important to, to starting that relationship yeah yeah okay yeah i i i had thought about indiscretion but honestly like we've done in the past i just figured that would be on your list i just kind of left it alone <laughs> fair point fair point <laughs> um all right let me let me share one of one of my four last four um i hope i can articulate this appropriately and not royally screw it up um i'm in um make sure i'm in the right one okay i am now in season six uh, so we're at beginning of season six, uh, particularly rocks and shoals. I think that's how it's pronounced. Okay. All right. This is, this is my next episode on my list too. Okay. So I think, again, I'm going to do my best to articulate where I fall short. Hopefully you can pick me up commander. Uh, and that is, I think you really see we've talked a lot about the faith we've talked about the evolution i think of her character in in light of coming out of occupation and now being like um on the other side of it and really um she's she's a really good um exo i think like she's becoming more and more a really good exo um executive officer second in command um, you know, with Cisco, but I think, and I could be wrong. Maybe there's a good argument, but I think this particular episode is important on it, it's on my list because I think you really see this truly not just coming, but stepping into her own as top dog leader, as number one leader. And um, having to really um, deal with like leadership kind of challenges um, in a way that maybe she hasn't in the past. I think that's important for her continued growth and trajectory for the remainder of this series. So that's part, that's I think my main reason for including this in the list. What are your thoughts? Obviously it was on your list. <clears throat> yeah, so I originally, I originally had the episode two episodes later called Behind the Lines. Okay. As the episode on my list, 
because we see that, you know, Cardassians and the Dominion have formed this alliance and they've taken over Deep Space Nine, but Bajor, Bajor has a non-aggression pact with the Dominion. So, like, she's allowed to remain behind, right? And she's, she's working on the station. But then, you know, she wants to start a resistance. And I think behind the lines is the episode where she's, like, really, like, doing her resistance being that resistance that freedom fighter and making these plans and and trying to liberate the station in any way she can or help out in any way she can and they have a resistance council with her and and quark and jake right and odo kind of um, because Odo's got some issues on the side that he's got to deal with. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I want to talk about like behind the lines because that's where, you know, we see her being this resistance fighter and, and stepping up and being the person in charge. And I was like, well, her, her storyline in Rocks and Shoals is kind of like the B plot to that episode, which doesn't sound fair because it's so important Right, because like right. the rocks and shoals is all this stuff that's happening with yeah, Cisco the fighting yeah. the Dominion on on this planet, but like we see here, I've talked a lot about she hates collaborators, right? We had multi. I've talked about multiple episodes on my list where she's collaborators. They all deserve to die. They need to be punished. I literally killed one of them like in the past, right? And I pulled the wool over Odo's eyes. But, like, here she is. She's on this station, and she's working in ops in front of the Cardassians and the Jem'Hadar. And she's basically helping them run this station. And she comes to realize, she's like, I'm a collaborator. Mm. How did this happen to me? To mm. me, of all people, I became a collaborator. And And, like, there's this Vedic who's going to to do this demonstration and this protest and this Vedic is like can't you see what's happening you're becoming an apologist for them a defender of evil what will it take for you to start fighting back and here's like you just don't understand and that's exactly what collaborators would say and then later on as she's like sitting in ops and she realizes this and she just literally walks out like and she's standing over the promenade and, and she's like, keep going over and over in my mind. I can't believe that I stood there ready to use force to stop a protest against the Dominion. When I was in the resistance, I despised people like me, right? I'm a collaborator. I look back at what I just did and I'm nauseated by it. I have to start fighting, right? And I think that's just so important to her as it's like the b plot to that episode but it's like this huge important moment in mm -hmm. in her development like how did i become a collaborator and you said that was your next one too right that was right I, yeah okay um I, I don't know if my next one is also your next one um it's probably it might be close though. Um, also, season six, his way, episode twenty. Ah, uh, this is not on my list. No. Okay. Okay. 
this is, I mean, like you were talking earlier, I mean, this might be, you know, more of like an Odo focused episode. Um, and it, it's really like the, the very, very end of this episode um, in the grand scheme of things. But I just like the payoff. Okay. Like it's just fun. Um, it's, it's some levity in an otherwise very heavy, dark uh part of of the series like when the like the when we're at war with the dominion um you odo and kira have been a will they won't they type of 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 relationship like for freaking ever up to this point and you you have like this like kind of egging on in a sense like from other characters and then it it's just it's it's so funny like just like the the gruffness of odo and the outspokenness of of um, major kira there in the promenade talking about basically what their first date's going to be like why don't you just go ahead and just kiss me then and then it just happens and like the the relationship just is there it's it's just it's finally there so uh, i mean I don't know if they are like the 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 OTPs, right? If they're the one true pairings, but uh, they are they're they're just a fun couple. Like they're um, they're almost as fun of a couple as Odo and Quark, personally, if I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I I had to put this in there. I mean, like you you see like especially the heartbreak that we're going to see at the very end of the series when Odo leaves. Um, to use Space Nine and, you know, to reconnect with, um, you know, the great Link and, and his people, essentially. Um, I just think it's important because, like, this was a very meaningful relationship. It was, uh, I think, beyond or apart from, you know, Vedic Baral, like we were talking about, like, this is the other guy. Like, Odo is the guy now. Um, that's, like, really meaningful romantically to Kira. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's fun. They, this is the start of their relationship. Yeah, very end of the series, basically. We're talking like last few episodes of season six, and here it is. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, well, that wasn't your next one. So, what was your next one, dude? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into season seven. I'm gonna jump into the final season here. Okay, let's do it. I mean, there was one on my honorable mentions that ah, I'll just keep it off of there from season six. But let's go into season seven. And I'm going to go back to the Kira and Dukat well, right? I went to the Kira and Dukat indiscretion. I'm going to go back to it again. Season seven, episode nine. And this is Covenant. Okay. So basically, you know, Dukat kind of like lost his mind after after the he, the Dominion was forced from Deep Space Nine and and Zial, his daughter died, and um, he um, he had this amazing moment with Cisco in, in the episode Waltz, which is you know just a fantastic episode, and and Dukat is now like I'm going to kill all of you Bajorans, I'm going to not just kill you, I'm going to kill your faith, and uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to destroy you. And so at the end of season six, Dukat goes and he finds this relic 
and he gets like a paw wraith inside of him and bad things happen with this paw wraith inside of him r.i.p jetzia uh-huh. <laughs> okay so now we're set up so now uh, ducat is i know it's too soon so now ducat is like i am the ducat is like i am the emissary of the paw wraiths right the paw race being like the evil beings that were thrown out of the celestial temple or the wormhole and he's got a cult of people um they actually tried to kill cisco right in in earlier in this season right one of them stabbed him out back of his restaurant um but now uh he's got this this covenant this following of people and they're on empachnor the 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 old station the sister station and he kidnaps kira and he's trying to like make kira join his pirate cult and um and as we see a lot of cult leaders they're hypocrites when it comes to things right they don't follow their own teachings right they do things Yeah. yeah they take advantage of their followers and and kira is here she's calling him out on his behavior and oh you just love to see hear your own voice and like you just want people to worship you and love you you don't care how they do it and at the end of this episode she's like i know this is gonna sound crazy but i think ducat convinced him that what he was doing is what the pod race wanted either way he believes that and that makes him more dangerous Right, and I think this is this is the end. The, uh, Kira and Ducat never have another interaction after this. This is the last time they ever see each other. Right, uh, even though uh, Ducat's got some, Ducat kind of does some things that c- kind of cross paths with Kira, but they never see each other after this moment. And this is like the culmination of their relationship. And I, I think it's just important to understanding Kira's faith, which is really important to her and this relationship that she has with Ducat here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was on your list or not. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I don't know. Every time I think of the Paw Wraith, like, I just think of, like, you know, uh, Temple of Doom. You know, like, <laughs> Kalima! Kalima! Like, <laughs> every time I think of the Paw Wraith, every time. Oh. <sighs> Um, I'm in season seven now also mm-hmm. uh, I'm at the, the end and this one might be a little predictable depending uh, for me uh, but I think this is a, a fun episode um, I think it's cool for a variety of reasons and I think you really get to see like um, Kira basically at one of her highest points i i think uh when it rains uh episode 21 of season seven Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this is one of my favorites just because she looks darn good in a starfleet uniform let's go somebody so in this episode uh if i'm remembering it correctly um damar uh, who's a cardassian has his own kind of um, um, rebellion basically going on against the Dominion. And if I'm not mistaken, Cisco and Kira um, are uh, basically trying to help him out, essentially. But um, 
they're not going to listen to a Bajoran. So ultimately what happens is that uh, Kira gets a like a field promotion basically to commander to a, being a commander in Starfleet. Am I am I getting track in this right? I feel like I am. Yes, yes you are. Um and Kira is going to ultimately be the one that goes down and um negotiate engage in discussions with Damar and his crew as a Starfleet officer. Uh not as Bajoran militia. And I think you get some like you you definitely get some tension but you know we we're, we're at the very end right we just have like four or five some odd episodes after this this particular one before the series wraps we look at the very beginning where she was in emissary and past prologue how she was you know just ready to blow any second you know, like someone just might set her off to now she's this very um, tempered. Um, I think she's like even grown and like in, in in ways like with her diplomacy kind of skills and being able to work with others. And she's able to stand there with other Cardassians present and like not flat out lose it like she would earlier. So I think this is just really cool. Like just really cool all around, like dynamics, seeing her in a Starfleet uniform, and then just um, what continues to happen when we like, cr- as we cross the finish line for, for the series. So wh- this was on your list, wasn't it? Uh, no, actually it's not. Oh, how about that? Okay. I actually chose the next episode on my list. Okay. Called Tacking Into the Wind. Okay. Right. When it rains, episode 21, tacking into the wind, episode 22. Okay. Right. Because I was like, yeah, we got to talk about Kira getting a Starfleet commission to mm-hmm. go and be like the person who helps Damar and his rebellion um, to use these resistance fighter tactics. But yeah, she, she can't be a Bajoran officer to do it because that'll upset the Cardassians. So they give her a commission. It is cool. To mm-hmm. see her as a, as a full commander, right? Full mm-hmm. commander um, here, and um, it's like it's the next episode, right? Tacking into the wind, the one that I picked because this is the one where she leads them on a mission, right? We're we're going on a mission, an undercover mission to basically steal this Breen weapon, right? Mm-hmm. So we can we can use it to, and so she's leading them on this mission. But before that, she's like. She's like dressing down a Cardassian officer who screwed up, who didn't do what what she said, and and you see like she's working Damar over here. She's working him. She's like Damar, you have to like listen to me. And we see Damar start coming around. You know she's right. She's right about this. And as they're about as they're going on this mission, like Damar learns that his family was killed. Right, his wife and his son, and and she's like, Mars like to kill, to kill her and my son. The casualty of it, the brutality of it, the waste of life. What kind of a state tolerates the murder of innocent women and children? What kind of people give those orders? And she's like, Yeah, Demar. What kind of people give those orders? <laughs> oh, and she throws it back at him, and like he's like, Dang, she's right. 
we were we were those people, right? And then she has a cool interaction with Garrick, like, no, 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 no. If he's the man we think he is, what you just said, he's gonna he's gonna be receptive to that, right? Because she doesn't doesn't and and then she leads them on this mission and and this one Cardassian earlier who she like was like given the business to tries to like he's like he wants to kill Kira and he's like Damar let me kill her I know you can't do it but then like Damar ends up killing this guy and is like his Cardassia is dead Mm -hmm. we need a new and it's because like Kira has been working Damar over and she's been like and, and it goes to show how she would never have done any of this in the beginning but now here she is this calm and collected smart intelligent capable officer and she was not this person at the beginning of the show at all and the transformation is just is amazing how she gets to that and i think it culminates in that episode in that moment right there sure sure well and and she continues to wear the uniform like through the end of of the series and then ultimately something else happens nothing bad but anyway um so i think this brings us down to our last episode of peace isn't that i'm I'm done that was it for me oh i was gonna just gonna say what you leave behind okay yeah which i think is kind of self-explanatory but um yeah, I mean, Cisco leaves, and now she's in charge of the station. So Bajorans are in charge of of the station, basically. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she she leads the resistance. Ready, to, they're ready to storm the castle, and they mm-hmm. can't get in. And there's a funny moment where they're laughing, <laughs> <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And then you know she has to say goodbye to Odo, right? Very touching moment. Yeah. Um, and then yes, she takes over the station, right? She's back to being the Bajoran colonel, and she's mm-hmm. in charge now. Colonel Kira, Colonel Kira, and just just for funsies, like if y'all have not seen uh, the Deep Space Nine documentary, what we left behind, I would highly recommend you check it out. Um, if for nothing else, just to see like um, a quick mock up of like what a season eight might have been just with one episode um and just to you know hear from the characters or sorry the actors uh that portrayed all the beloved characters that we got to hang out with for seven seasons on deep space nine so it's it's great i think uh i i know i own it um i own physical copy of it eric i'm pretty sure you've seen it if i'm not mistaken yeah it was on it was on amazon prime at some Mm -hmm. point it might not be anymore yeah if not, like like I said, you can uh, buy the physical copy. Um, there's digital out there somewhere, some way of it. Um, there's going to be a Voyager documentary coming out in the near future, I'm pretty sure. But that's a different show. So, anyway, well, that's it, man. Any um, we went we went through our list. Like I had I had a solid 10, 11 episodes. Like I said, uh, at least I think <clears throat> I said. Um, and you had a lot more, but somehow we ended at the same time. It's a miracle. <laughs> well, I, I think I, I think I, some of the ones that were on my honorable mentions were on your list. And so okay. I think we, I think we got it all. We got it okay. all covered there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. And and there were a couple of my honorable mentions that I didn't talk about. Sure. I was like, yeah. 
Well, um, any final comments about um, you know the Kirillith before we we call it, man? I mean, there's a lot of Kira storyline out there after this too. There's a lot of um, non-canon, you know, beta out, memory beta right stuff you can go look at. It what happens with her and and she's in lower decks, right? They go back to Deep Space Nine. She's she's still in charge, right? She's still in command of the station. In, in lower decks several years later that was kind of a fun ep- little episode there that was yeah let's circle it one more time circle the pylons <laughs> one more time <laughs> admire them pylons yeah yeah the uh gosh what was that what was that book was it revenant was that what it was called Re- yeah revenant she's in that we did we talked about that mm-hmm. right? it's more of a, a dax but yeah. she's yeah. in it but yeah um, she is definitely, um, I mean, I think all the, the, the women that we, we, um, have the pleasure of interacting with in Star Trek are all, um, strong women in their own right. But I think Kira maybe a little bit more so than the, uh, some of the other, um, you know, women in, in Star Trek. So not that again that's not to disparage the other one we have some brilliant women in star trek and yes, great role models for you know women mothers daughters sisters cousins i mean great role models um you know in in um this in these different franchises so um here's pretty cool she's pretty cool yes she is so anyway i don't have anything else um I want to put a bug. Uh, I want this to be like one of the first bugs that get um, put in people's ears about uh, what we got coming up this fall. Um, I was talking to the guys about this, and I know we've done it. Um, uh, what's it been two times now? The um, TRTV Awards. Uh, so we are coming up um, again on our next set of TRTV Awards and. Uh, we're going to be posting about it, giving you, um, the listeners, an opportunity to vote on um, the different categories, like the different nominees and whatnot for the different categories that we're going to have for this year's awards. And as of right now, at the time of this recording, the plan is uh, we're going to be setting aside Friday, September 8th uh, for that particular award show. So uh, Friday, September 8th, uh, we'll be on um, uh, Twitch um, primarily. Uh, we'll we'll see about um, also probably like Facebook as well. Will probably be the two primary spaces that we'll be um, broadcasting the awards. So make sure you tune in for that and watch live with us. And uh, we'd we'd love to get some interactions with that. So save the date for that. Uh, it'll probably be um, we're going to be figuring out time. It'll probably be I don't know six or seven o'clock uh central time here in the united states uh that will be doing that so whatever that means for your particular time zone you'll just have to do some like calculations or whatever to figure that out but seven o'clock six or seven o'clock uh central time uh but we'll be back with more information once we get that nailed down but um save the date for september 8th for the next uh for the third trtv awards if i'm doing my math right i think it's the third yeah the third third, an- third annual third annual baby here we go so um that's it man um eric as always thank you so much for uh for doing this with me 
we're gonna have to uh probably pick up the pace though you know and uh <laughs> and probably do like one a month until the end of the year to get through all the first officers if we're if we're wanting to do that so anyway. yeah probably yeah do you want to do chicote next I mean, I was thinking, you know, as Strange New Worlds comes to its end, season two, we could get the Spock, the Spock of it all. Okay. That's what I was thinking next. All right, let's do Spock. Mm-hmm. All right, sweet. So, yeah, we'll do um, we'll do a Spock uh, one next, probably in the next uh, month or two. So just kind of, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, we're going to do our level best to get through all the first officers before the end of 2023 rolls around level best we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah. um, anyway uh, again eric thank you so much for your time as always and uh, for all you out there in listener land um you know we'd love to hear what some of your uh best of episodes would be uh, that might not have made the list in this particular discussion for kira specifically so we'd love to hear from you check us out uh get in, co- get in contact with us uh trtvpod at gmail.com emails your thoughts your list your suggestions things like that to that particular um, email address of course you can also um, send us a voice only transmission 817-752-4757 remember there's a three minute limit so be quick about it um, other than that if you want to mail us something you know like a Bajoran earring we would love that I know Eric would love that actually uh, make sure he gets to the Lone Star Station PO Box 2455 Azel Texas 76098 Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and go.